Welcome to the Revitalizing Doctor Podcast. We explore with our guests how you can move from surviving to thriving as a physician. We know that when you connect with your values and authenticity, you can live a life that is fulfilling and not only good for you, but drives the necessary transformation in healthcare to take better care of our physicians, which means better care for our patients. I am really excited to be speaking with Dr. Kimberly Chan Ko. She is a board-certified ophthalmologist and diplomat of the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. She is co-founder of Ketamine Startup, an online course that teaches physicians how to open their own ketamine infusion clinic. Dr. Chan Ko created Ketamine Startup with her emergency medicine physician husband after several years as the creative director of their own ketamine infusion clinic. Reset Ketamine in Palm Springs, California. Well, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm just super excited to talk and share. And I've, you know, really enjoyed the other people you've had on your podcast. So um, yeah, just excited to be amongst them now. I think I'm going to jump in with, with a bit of a juicy question. You are an ophthalmologist and I know a few ophthalmologists especially compared to emergency medicine, it, it kind of feels like the grass may be greener in ophthalmology and that it's a great lifestyle specialty, but it sounds like your day-to-day -day is no longer ophthalmology. That That is right. I mean, you hit a really good point with the whole grass is greener because, you know, as you had mentioned before, my husband's ER and I would be jealous how he could like when he was done, he could turn it off. I mean, you know, as physicians, we really can't turn off helping and wanting to take care of people. But I'm like, oh, when you're done, you're done. Like me, you know, I might see, you know, Mr. Smith again in like three months. And it just, it would just keep coming with me. So uh, while it's true for many, many ophthalmologists, um, you know, it is a great lifestyle. I mean, we're one of the few surgical subspecial or surgical specialties where you get to sit during surgery. I mean, come on. It's like, it's a good life. Um, but it wasn't for me, you know, it's, um, you know, it could be a combination of what, where I was practicing. Um, you know, I practiced at the institution that I trained at. So I was like a junior attending no matter how long I was there, I was still a junior attending. Even if new people came on, it was still, oh, Kim, you know, which was fine. You know, there's pros and cons to that. I don't like to just throw out like being female, but it also is there's, you know, having a family, having um, these responsibilities. I think that combined with where I was working was a level one trauma center with a huge catchment area. We'd be getting people from you know, Arizona, New Mexico, all the way up to like Irvine, up to LA, just because of the nature of that location. And I just would do so many ruptured globes. Um, and so for me, and the way just the practice was, um, you know, I would get a lot of these difficult patients and uh, really difficult eye situations. And then it would just be seeing them week after week, or people knew that they could trust me with watching their patients if they want a vacation or, you know, Kim, Kim will take care of them. And it was like, you know, I felt this duty bound responsibility to take care of people. And 
for me personally, I couldn't turn it off. So, you know, that's, for me, it isn't. And I think that's the key, you know, knowing oneself. And I finally got to a place where I was like, you know what? Yes, it is easy for other people or more lifestyle supportive, but it wasn't for me. So tell us about your journey to really discovering what you wanted to be doing, because that space of this isn't working to finding something that is working can be so long and so arduous. And, you know, big part of what we're trying to do at Revitalize is to make that process more clear, knowing that everybody needs to go on their own journey. But there are some pretty common steps that if you kind of start looking into that we can shorten that learning curve for women. I wish I could say there was something super straightforward and easy. I mean, for me, it was this um, kind of circuitous path that I wasn't clear on what I wanted to do, but I was very clear on what I didn't want to do. And um, I, that, I think that's a good starting place. Um, at least it worked for me. I mean, I just knew that I needed more of a creative outlet because um, I was good at repairing broken eyes. You know, there was something it's very satisfying, you know, especially with imposter syndrome of like, I'm not as smart as the next person, but I can work really hard and I can fix things that are broken. Like that worked for me, but then it wasn't as fulfilling. So I knew I'm like, okay, I need something beyond that. Um, so first off recognizing what I didn't like doing, but then also recognizing within medicine and clinical practice, what I did like. So, I mean, what were the things that I really enjoyed? What I enjoyed was, I actually enjoyed the patient education. You know, I did so many diabetic eye screens and figuring out new ways to really drive the point home of like, you know, what's happening when your sugars aren't controlled and, you know, how can I come up with an analogy? Um, What's a, what's a more succinct way? Or, you know, how can I approach getting this message of taking care of yourself for you. So for the sake of your vision, not now, but maybe in 20 years, you know, that's going to make a big impact. So I was like, okay, I love that. I loved interacting with residents. I mean, I had a, I had a blast. Like for me, I think I stayed in medicine and clinical practice longer than I wanted to, because there was something just so, I don't know, what's the word? Uh, I just felt so good when I was with residents, you know, not not because they were doing extra work for me, but the kind of being able to connect, um, you know, having a mentorship role, uh, you know, sharing, sharing, you know, the struggles I went through, because, you know, there's a lot of things we don't talk about. There's a lot of stuff we've gone through. um, But we don't let the generations before us that or like, you know, not passing tests or, you know, having to reapply and all this stuff. So being able to share the story and saying, oh, okay, I'm okay. You're okay. And so I was like, oh, that it's that human connection, that teaching, that um, sharing of information, which at that time I didn't realize was translate to marketing and teaching other physicians later on, but I dabbled with that. Um, And then just leaning into whatever kind of comes up saying, um, saying yes, in the sense of um, being open to something that you may not expect. So, I mean, I've, you know, uh, earlier on, you had mentioned that you do some of the editing uh, for the podcast. So I started editing video um, 
well, first off, back in high school, you know, back when it was really not cool to be sci-fi nerd and video video editor, yearbook editor type, you know, working on the computer, making content and stuff. I mean, little did I know later on, it's like really, really important. And a lot of people wanted um, to do that. But, you know, I, I was starting to kind of dabble in videos. And if you search the depths of YouTube, you're going to find some clips of me in some video where I'm trying to come up with like lifestyle and advice for residents and med students. And I was like, you know, if I could do it for one-on-one, you know, I can scale it and teach others, you know, it, I just tried it. You know, my husband was like, you know, learn how to do YouTube. Maybe you'll have some fun with this. And, um, it wasn't the direction I was going in. Um, ultimately it wasn't what I, ended up doing, I realized I don't want to be a medical influencer, Insta doctor, you know, we all have our paths and all that good stuff, but it wasn't for me, you know, fast forward two, three, two, three, four years later, I'm using those skills to make the videos for, you know, the course we made, um, for our, uh, ketamine clinic, um, you know, and so it's the seeds of that journey, I think it's just getting on that journey of figuring out what do I want that ultimately you'll see that if it doesn't go anywhere at the beginning, later on, those were like the building blocks to help create what you want to do in the present or in the future. Hey there. Are you feeling a little burned out? Do you want better hours, more autonomy, more money, or perhaps you're so tired right now, you're not even sure what you want, but what's going on right now is not working for you. We hear you. Dr. Linda Lawrence and I will be facilitating the Career Transitions course. All the sessions are online and will meet September 7th, 21st, October 5th, 26th, and November 2nd. We're going to help you get clear on your values, look at your past experience, leverage your network, and come up with a plan that really resonates with what you want and need to have true professional fulfillment. Message us at revitalizemm.info at gmail.com. MM stands for mastermind. Email us so you can set up a personalized consultation and we'll talk about this program, see if that's the right fit for you. And we can also discuss our individual coaching options. You deserve to thrive. Please reach out today. And now back to my interview with Dr. Kim Koh. I really like that message that, you know, you, you just need to get on the journey and maybe not every single step will seem linear or lead to something immediately, but it's part of you and your experiences and you don't know how that's going to weave in to something that you do down the road. Exactly. Exactly. I think that's the the misconception, especially with so much I mean, we're all going through that medical education it was very clear, you know, from, you know, from high school to college to med school, it's very, it's a very linear path. And so we're used to that, or we anticipate that. But I mean, for many of us, it a linear path, this kind of meandering is what the reality of what's going to help you figure out what you want. And I had to embrace that because I really, I really had struggled and felt like, oh, I should be clear. Like, oh, you know what? I, I learned how to do Botox injections during residency. I should go do that. Like very logical. I should just figure out something that I already have some skill level in. 
from all the years of training. Come on. It's like, let's leverage that. But that wasn't for me. You know, sometimes it's not clear. It's sometimes it's just meandering kind of going, I like this thing. I don't know why it's fun. Let me figure out how to utilize it. Yeah. In the materials that you sent me when I was prepping for this interview is that you did say you did some personal development courses. And I find among the physician community, there's a lot of still hesitancy around various types of personal development and coaching programs that there's, you know, this idea that maybe they're, you know, snake oil sales people. But how, what was your approach? How did you find coaches or resources that were actually helpful to you? Uh, I mean, it's so true. I, when I was starting to take some courses and workshops, I, whenever I had like attendings or fellow residents or colleagues ask, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm going to a leadership workshop because I wasn't in that place to feel confident and strong enough to be like, I'm learning how to live my best life and ask deep probing questions to dive in. Um, So yeah, it's very true. Um, Even back then. And I feel currently. So finding those resources, um, you know, luckily, you know, my husband was having a similar journey. He's, he was a few years ahead of me. And so he, had discovered the Coactive uh, Training Institute, formerly known as CTI, and he had taken some weekend courses, you know, like, so it's, I was so busy working as a physician, as we all are, right? Um, And so he would go off on the weekends, and I'm like, okay, great, I'll have the house to myself, or I can catch up on charting, and, you know, we won't feel bad that we're both busy, because you're off doing this thing, this coaching thing with people, and crying, and sharing thoughts, and all that kind of stuff, whatever, I I don't, I was, I mean, I was dismissive at first too. You know, I was just like, this is, you know, there's, is there science to back this up? Where's the evidence-based, you know, research for all this? But, you know, he would come back and he was like, you know, you might enjoy this. You know, some of it is, um, it's not all that different from, at some level, from when we are teaching medical students or teaching residents when we're teaching them and talking with them with like the, the soft, less technical things, you know? And so it was a kind of a, an easier transition for me because I was already enjoying the, the teaching interaction. Um, and so, you know, just kind of diving into that, the leaning into, Hey, you know what, maybe this is another skill set of, of being able to provide better care for my patients and teach better, but also, you know, as I went through this, the training, um, I was like, oh, more physicians need this. You know, there's, it's so, and so of course, once I was done with my training um, for life coaching, I was like, okay, I want to coach other physicians, but I realized that wasn't for me or the way I was marketing wasn't getting people that were ready. You know, I think it's, that's part of it too. It's like being open to it. Um, is key. Well, you know, it's like, you know, how many, any, like how many psychiatrists or do you need to change the light bulb? You know, the light bulb needs to change that kind of whole thing. And so it was like, okay, I didn't know how to market for life coaching and all that, but, um, yeah, I don't know if that really answered your question. No, I I think it totally did. And what pro what coaching program did you end up doing? 
a Coactive Training Institute. I think that's what the new name is. Um, and so we had done I, the the class that hooked me in was called their fundamentals, the fundies. And so it was really learning about, you know, how to ask these powerful questions or how to, you know, sit with, you know, asking a question and then allowing the, the, the client um, to, to answer and be open. Like, I think the, the really cool and interesting thing I learned from that was this was the first time that I could have a, you know, a role of like helping and being, I don't want to say an authority, but being that I could be in that doctor role, but I didn't have to have the answer, which I thought was really cool, but it was able to create a space in which a person can answer for themselves. And I think that was something there really like a light bulb turned on. Um, But at that point I was like, I don't exactly know how to translate this into other things that I do. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hi, it's Dr. Risa E. Lewis dropping in to tell you about a book that Dr. Adara Landry and I wrote. It's called Microskills, Small Actions, Big Impact. It's a business self-help book coming in 2024 by HarperCollins. Pre-order now, Microskills, Small Actions, Big Impact, wherever you buy your books. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a really great message. And you mentioned, is there evidence behind this? I'll, I'll put a couple of articles in the show notes. There is emerging research that the coaching style is effective for physicians. Um, and, you know, you, you phrased it beautifully that, you know, it's a lot about asking questions in a way that gets the, the learner to, to think through things and maybe think about something from a different perspective. So I think that's really cool. Um, anything else you want to comment on about, I want to spend quite a bit of time on your ketamine practice, but maybe one clarifying question. Do you practice any ophthalmology right now? As of right now? No. Um, you know, after I had my daughter, I didn't really have a desire to go back after uh, my maternity leave. And that was right in the middle of the pandemic too. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, no, I haven't returned yet. I don't know if it's a sabbatical or I'm, you know, a new chapter in my career, but of course, you know, I'm keeping, you know, I worked darn hard for my board certification. So I'm keeping up all my maintenance of certification just in case. Yeah. And, and maybe we can just spend a moment on that because I interact with a lot of women physicians that are struggling with identity and a lot of their personal identity is linked to their, their specialty identity. So how have you navigated that space? Well, I think what helped was I always felt like a bit of a odd duck being an ophthalmologist, like I always felt a little bit like I didn't fit in, you know? And so, I mean, if anybody ever felt like, ah, you know, I'm not like everyone else, like every, all, I felt like all my other colleagues were really, really, really into eyeballs. Like they really love the research and they, 
everyone seemed super excited at grand rounds and really engaged. And I was struggling, you know, to like, okay, I need to be like really focused here and really excited about it too. So I think what helped with that was I already felt a little bit like an outsider, um, which, you know, at that time when I'm in the middle of it, it felt very, it was, it was a struggle. I mean, that's why I was like, oh, I need to figure something out because I'm not happy. Um, but that allowed me to be a lot more fluid with my identity of not saying necessarily I am an ophthalmologist. Like I, you know, we were really trained at our institution, which I'm, I'm very grateful for, is that you're an, a physician first, then an ophthalmologist. And so I really took that to heart. So the fact that I'm not, you know, looking through a slit lamp, repairing ruptured globes, you know, doing cataract surgery anymore. I was like, I am a physician. I think it's being of service and to help and for the health of the individual um, that has, that has helped me shift my identity to something that is much more aligned with me. It's like, I, I'm still working on vision and clarity, but in a different way. And so thankfully for me, what was a struggle and painful when I was deep as a, my only identity was an ophthalmologist. I was uncomfortable in it. So it was a blessing in disguise at that time. Yeah. I think there's so much in there for, for listeners to really contemplate. And one little pearl I would add in there is changing the way you introduce yourself instead of, I am a doctor, Mm -hmm. I am an emergency doctor is I practice emergency medicine or I practice medicine. And that helps us think about the other things that we do and that we are a multifaceted individual and that we still have worth and value that's not tied to what we do. Totally. Totally. I think that's, it's the, the power of the, I am, or I am doing that. It is so, I mean, you've just hit it on the head because that's, I mean, it's, it's making that shift that had really made it clear to me, you know, like I, you know, I am, I am a multifaceted individual. I remember shouting that out during one of my coaching trainings and it, and that helped me realize, oh, that it is just one aspect of me. I'm just practicing medicine. I'm just practicing ophthalmology. That's beautiful. That was wonderful, wonderful pearl. I love it. Oh yeah. So anyone in their car right now, you can pause us and maybe shout that a few, few times. (laughs) Shouting Uh, is good in the right place, in the the right setting. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to leave it there for part one of my interview with Dr. Kim Chan Ko. Part two, we're going to get into the details about how she and her husband started their ketamine clinic and tips for people that may want to start their own ketamine clinic or your own clinic in general, which I think is an amazing option. And I'm seeing a lot more physicians, including emergency physicians, pivoting from working from somebody else to working for themselves. They might be starting their own telemedicine business, their own functional medicine, There's so many different options, and I'm really dedicated to exposing our listeners to the great world out there, and you can help patients on your own terms. There's a lot of things from mental health to weight loss to you name it that 
our patients need physicians that will meet with them virtually or in person and you can set your own hours, you can set your own boundaries. So I think this is going to be a really exciting conversation. So we'll see you back next week for part two with Dr. Kim Chan-Ko. In the meantime, she is offering our listeners a free worksheet to get started on what you would need to start a ketamine clinic and start working on your business plan. You can download that at ketaminestartup.com slash doctor, and that's free for all of you. And to connect with Kim, you can follow her on Instagram at Dr. Kimberly Co. And that's Co K O. And you can also follow her husband and her ketamine clinic, which is called At Reset Ketamine, located in Palm Springs, California. And if you're interested about possibly starting your own ketamine clinic and potentially taking a program on that's run by them on how you could go from the idea to actually opening your clinic doors, you can follow them on at Ketamine Startup. And they're actually going to be offering a course teaching you how to open your own ketamine clinic that will start in September. So definitely check out their website, ketaminestartup.com slash doctor for your worksheet and then follow them at ketaminestartup.com. So we'll see you back next week and hang in there, keep thriving and doing all the great work that you do. Thanks for listening to the Revitalizing Doctor podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Revitalize Women Physician Circle, founded by Dr. Linda Lawrence and Dr. Andrea Austin, your host. You can connect with us on our website at www.peoplealwayshcc dot com slash revitalize you can tweet at us at revitalize women and please connect with us on linkedin at revitalize women physician circle we look forward to helping you go from surviving to thriving this podcast represents our opinions and the opinions of our guests it does not represent any entity that we work for or with including the military the government, or any other institution. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again soon.